Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, g'day, g'day. Sandro here. Just finished editing this episode. It is very late on a Sunday night for me. I just flew in back from Sydney to put the final touches on this episode and this is one of my favorites of the year I reckon not because of the movie I'm not saying the movie's my favorite of the year but because of the content that the movie gave us there's so much to talk about with Pearl Harbor and that's what we do right now with our guest Reese Parton He is a podcaster and an actor, has been on the show a few times before as well, and has just come off the stage doing a run of Dracula, which is really cool. I actually do a podcast with Reese. It's called Nerd Out Consumed. We did it during lockdown a lot. Uh, Hasn't really come back properly yet, but there is a New Year's special that we released on New Year's uh, where we talk about all our favorite movies and TV shows from 2021. There's a link to that in the episode description. Uh, Just go to my name and hit that link that says Nerd Out Podcast and hear Nerd Out Consumed, which is the spin-off show of the show that I do with Rob Lloyd and Jen Spears, which is also maybe coming back soon. Keep an ear out. Anyway, uh, here is the episode, as always, brought to you by Patreon. Enjoy. Very long episode on Pearl Harbor. This is a fun one. Imagine a year when Michael Bay makes a movie that's a cross between Titanic, Twilight, and Transformers. What year is that, Sandro? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the podcast where we ask ourselves, 2001 was a weird year for movies, wasn't it? We watch all the films from that year in the order they came out in. This week we were forced to do Pearl Harbor because nothing else came out this week in 2001, so we had no other choice. Uh, as always, my name is Sandro, I'm joined by Zach. Uh, number one on the I Hate Michael Bay fan club. You are um, very which is, high up which there. Is, which is specifically the fan club for the people that hate Michael Bay. Not, not. I'm just throwing it out there. I am not the number one Michael Bay hater. Right. I'm just the number one fan of the Michael Bay hater that's number one. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So you're the number one fan of Megan Fox? Uh, <laughs> nice. I'll say that. <laughs> and joining us as the guest on this episode, it's our most politically active guest, so we thought we'd get him on to talk about a politically active movie. It's Reese Pardon. Nice. I didn't realize that was the reason why. <laughs> yep, no, yep, you will. I chose it because it was a bad film. Well, mm. we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you haven't really done a bad film yet. You've done... um. One pretty okay James Bond film, one pretty okay yeah. Star Trek film. Aww. Now, yeah. something that that's not okay. One pretty okay 
Michael Bay film. Yeah. It's his yeah. out of the ones I've seen, it's the decent Michael Bay film. Now now you've done three movies that are bad. Ooh. Oh, because this is three movies. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, there's a romance drama, there's a war movie, and then there's whatever the ending is. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> ending was. Yeah. I think the genre for the ending is bullshit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was tasteless myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> then again, it's a Michael Bay movie, so yeah. <laughs> well, going into this, I like all I remembered about this movie was the Team America song, and <laughs> and uh, that it's incredibly historically inaccurate. So I was going into it being like, "This is going to be tasteless. It's going to be awful. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be exploitation." But then I remembered, "Oh wait, all war movies are exploitation." So then mm. you cut it some slack. <laughs> Yeah, I cut it a little bit of slack. And look, yeah. it's 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 not good, but it's got some good moments. Yeah, it's a tricky one because I'm not even going to say that it isn't good. I think it's quite mm. well made. It's just that some points let it down. And in the synopsis, we'll probably get to that. Zach, what did you think? Oh, I was, I was USA, USA, <laughs> USA. Woo! Man, we we knew they were going to bomb Pearl Harbor. We knew it. We knew it. We just didn't do anything about it, all right? We knew we were going to do it. We had figured it out. We were geniuses. But 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 we were we were occupied with other things, guys, and then oh, they they did it. But we knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course we retaliated cuz we're USA. USA. We're the best. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> watched this film very late at night. <laughs> I don't think it doesn't matter when you start watching it, you'll be ending up watching it late at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed a point in this movie, mm. I will mention. I wrote it down. Uh, I'm just going to spoiler. I think you should skip to an hour and 10 minutes. An hour and 10? 110's the bar fight, isn't it? Is it? Yes. Well, uh, well, it's it, you see a meeting room first. Okay. Yeah. Where. And that would be the cold opening of the movie, would be this meeting room. Mm. And then it goes to the bar fight, because the bar fight depicts their entire friendship and conflict <laughs> in just that. Yeah. And then you just go, and it's a great film. We'll get into all the nitty-gritty details on Pearl Harbor, the oh, movie, because yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about the event. History, no way. History, <laughs> why would we talk about that? This movie doesn't even bother to talk about it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Why did the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor? Because of gas prices, apparently. It's all Biden's fault. But, Zach, what else came out this week in... 19- Wait, we're doing 2001. I almost yeah. said 1987 then for a second. It feels like 1987. Mm-hmm. It does I feel mean, like a uh, film. Probably from- a lot of stuff came out then, but yeah. um, we're talking about now, Sandro. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's it. You can't find anything, can you? Yeah, I'm just... One second. Uh, my my page is blank. Oh, uh, it it's got nothing else. It's uh, it says there's f all. <laughs> oh. oh, I see what happened. I see what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. What happened is someone got all the movie options for this week and smashed them all together in one movie. <laughs> we had like a drama movie, a war movie, and some other movie. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had an exploitation movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had an action movie. Yeah, all in one, and a, re- a revenge movie as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think the reason being, like, you know, this was built up to be the next Titanic. You know, it's a three-hour-long epic romance disaster movie. Mm. And this one is made by Disney as well. So all the money was behind it. And I think they were like, we just won't release anything else uh, in this time slot. 
So we are forced to do it. Yeah. All right, I feel like I've got to be the only one slightly positive about this. <laughs> oh, I'll be positive about it. I'll be okay. positive about it after an hour and ten minutes in this movie. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was for a little bit until I realised that, you know, Michael Bay is really good at directing action. Whatever you yeah. have to say about mm. him, he is really good at it. Until I realised, again, just how good he is, I was the other way around. I actually got invested in the... The romance story of it all. Oh, I mean, yeah, the love triangle yeah, yeah. was annoying, and <laughs> yeah, Sandra and I were slightly whinging about it while we took our turns watching it. And he goes, "Oh, I forgot about the love triangle," and I was like, "Yeah, it's not great." Oh yeah, we've seen this before. Was this your first time watching this? Sack? It was my first time watching this. Yeah. Oh okay. The good thing is you'll never have to watch it again now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 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 look. I thought I thought the the ro- romance was fine. Yeah. Obviously mm-hmm. the love triangle. I noted down some things, but like the story overall wasn't the worst story I've ever seen. No. Um and uh it wasn't like I didn't enjoy it. It's just like I don't know. I was just at some point I wrote down when is the Pearl Harbor gonna happen in a Pearl Harbor movie. They had a lot of like, real estate a, to play they with. They did a three month jump. Yeah. In the yeah. middle of the love I'm like, what? What is going on? <laughs> that that's when I wrote it down. I'm like, when is the Pearl Harbor gonna happen? They just yeah. like they hint at it first and then they cut to three months. So it was everything before that was three months prior. I think the movie takes place over like a year and a half or something. Yeah, yeah. I liked as well how they were counting down the days to Pearl Harbor. Like they were trying to like draw up anticipation for it. And I'm there like, this was a bad thing movie. Mm. Stop getting me excited for the bad thing that happened. I don't know mm. if it was excited. I I think it's more, I described it to you when I, when we first mentioned the concept of there being like three movies in one. Mm. There was a love story and then it's basically abruptly interrupted, which I thought was pretty accurate. Like, people would have been going about their day in the harbour, waking up, thinking, oh, it's Sunday, that's cool. You know, some of them are hungover in the story, and I'm sure in real life they would have been. And then suddenly, the Japanese army just comes in and kills thousands of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if it was building anticipation. It was more like, this is where the world of the... Men and women serving in the US Army is about to be turned upside down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that after Pearl Harbor, things Mm. got a lot better in the movie and made the previous stuff a lot better. Like, I I liked having the introduction where we learn the backstories of them so that when we see them out in the field, we feel emotions. Speaking of which, shall we do a bit of an introduction ourselves? Yeah, we should. Let's get into the, some some pre rams, some yeah. pre some pre. Uh, this movie mm. was released. Some delicious pre. Oh yum! Uh, May twenty fifth, two thousand and one. Uh, as we mentioned, yeah. directed and produced by Michael Bay. This is his fourth movie. So we mm-hmm. started with Bad Boys. Mm. Uh, then he made The Rock with Sean Connery, which is great. Probably his best one. And then he did Armageddon before working on this. Uh, obviously, continued to do Transformers, The Islands, uh, that recent movie Ambulance. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm relatively interested in it, I guess. I'm trying to uh, equate his style to something which is about an ambulance, and I just can't do it mentally, so I almost want to check it out just to see how you get large-scale explosions and, you know, stereotypes into Mm. (laughs) into a story about ambulance. I bet it's got a lot of sexy nurses, you know? (laughs) But yeah, at least I think that movie's got proper cinematography, unlike his last film. Uh, So... 
Six Underground was a headache. Um, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, look, in terms of Michael Bay-isms, it's not as bad. This is a Michael Bay film before he became the Michael Bay he is now. <laughs> yeah. Zach, if I told you uh, that this was directed by someone else, would you... Uh, believe me, or would you believe that this is completely Michael Bay just by watching it? Um, well, the first hour and ten minutes didn't really have any explosions, so, you know, yeah. you could have probably mm. convinced me. There's a lot of screen... Well, there were some explosions on those parachutes. That is... <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> anyway, getting out of the gutter... Um... I hate both of you <laughs> equally. We know. Maybe Sandra a bit more. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it is written by Randall Wallace, best known for writing Braveheart. Ooh. Similar tones and, and whatnot. Yeah, this is all right. Uh, he's also a director. He directed Secretariat and The Man in the Iron Mask. Uh, he didn't direct this, though. But yeah, look, you hired the guy to write, uh, who wrote Braveheart to do your Pearl Harbor movie. That, 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 that checks out. He's very good at uh, patriotic movies yes he is yes they may take our harbor but they'll never take out oh sorry <laughs> they'll never take out pearls <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh it's also got a soundtrack by his hand zimmer which you wouldn't know sadly it wasn't up to his usual standard <laughs> it was a tv movie soundtrack <laughs> yeah it really was actually this is sound weird but whenever we cut to the japanese generals and leaders and emperor and all of that it sound and they came up with their plan some of the music cues reminded me of the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Mm. They'd say something, and then we'll attack here, and then it's like, dun, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah. Which is not Hans Zimmer's usual style. He's so he's usually much more subtle, much more nuanced. But it was really on the nose. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we, is this before or after Pirates, the first Pirates, because that was when oh, I started taking notice of Hans Zimmer. Yeah, uh, two years before the first Pirates. Okay, only two. Wow. This has got a massive cast. We'll speed through this. Ben Affleck is our main character, Rafe. He was in a bunch of stuff before this, including Armageddon uh, and a bunch of Kevin Smith movies. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I reckon this movie, it didn't single-handedly make him a star, but it definitely helped him get roles like Jack Ryan and Daredevil, mm. uh, which he got a little later on. And I thought it was great, frankly. I thought it was really good. He's he's all right. What did you think, Zach? Yeah, I was thinking, man, this guy could make a great Batman mm. the whole time. That's that's all I could think of. Um, no, he's right. He's right. I love the accent he's doing. Yes. Um, whatever that was, that was very amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the main character. He, yeah. I had no gripes, but I had no particular, you know, love for him. I was I was trying to figure out the plot. Most most of the first like hour and ten minutes is just like backstory on these characters. Yeah. Half my notes are trying to predict what the plot will actually do. <laughs> um, and I like the little buddy story that they have. I like his Americanism. I don't know. Yeah. I liked I liked how they tackled his dyslexia. Mm. I thought that was actually really well done. Yeah. That was good, actually, yeah. Like he says, I've got no problem with the knowledge and the understanding of it and numbers and all of that it's just mm. in fact i know what the words mean i just can't read them the letters are the problem mm. and it was, it was really well done that was actually quite good yeah 
Uh, we've also got Josh Hartnett playing Danny, who for some reason I thought was played by either Matt Damon or Brad Pitt in my memory. But anyway, it's Josh <laughs> I Hartnett. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, he's from Black Hawk Down. Um, annoyingly, a great war movie that uh, came out at the end of 2001, but only got a big cinema release at the start of 2002, so we can't do it. Ah, Which is a shame. He's also from, from Halloween H2O, and he's from Penny Dreadful, uh, that TV show as well. How is he? Uh, he's fine in this. He's pretty good. I mean, no, the, all the acting is like, it's good, but it's not like amazing that the lead female's pretty good. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Kate Beckinsale from the Underworld series and also the rom-com Serendipity. She's Evelyn. She is. And this sucks, but a lot of knowledge I got pro- post the movie coming out has kind of tarnished some things about it because... Should we get into ranting about that now? I think you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, Michael Bay essentially said if she wanted the role, she's going to have to work out. And it's just lots of sexist stuff that we learned he's got a bit of a history of since a film like this. What? I know. Michael Bay? A lot of external factors were affecting my opinion of the film, but trying to look at it objectively, I think it's a good film. And she did a great job. Yeah. I think she she was better than the role was, which was just... Standard pretty nurse in during the war, stuck in a love triangle, and I think she was better than what she was given. Yeah, well, her, she had the best arc, I think, because of how um, I wrote it down. I I didn't want to mention it till we got there, but like, yeah. there's like scenes where all the nurses are coming in, and air, there's all these cute boys everywhere, and <laughs> yeah. everything's great, and oh my god, it's like a holiday in Hawaii. Oh my god, everything's so army. great. Yeah, let's join the Look army. At these studs. And, and then everyone dies. Yeah. Everyone's on fire, burning and oh. dying. You yeah. have to choose whether this person lives or dies. Oh, that's Those are actually yeah. genuinely amazing scenes. Yeah. And that, so, so that previous, like, fun they were having, uh, it, it makes that next scene better. Mm. Um, so I liked that sort of arc. You know, little that Betty, she had with that. young Betty getting engaged with one of the other boys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything that happens there. It, it, it was really powerful. And I'll be honest, at some point, we'll probably get to it in the synopsis, but I did cry during some of the harbour attacks. Mm. It was mm. really well done. It was horrific. And I'm going to confess, uh, Sandra and I mentioned we watched it previously. When I was a kid, all of the political stuff, all of the geopolitical stuff and the inaccuracies of it, it all went over my head because I didn't really know. And I glorified violence a lot more than I do now. And I thought, this is such a cool movie. And it's like, oh, it's a shame some good guys died, but the bad guys are attacking, you know, such simplistic thoughts, which is what the movie's targeting. But really, there's so much more nuance than that going on yeah. in, in reality. <laughs> what do you mean they're targeting simplistic thoughts? I thought this was just a American movie, you know, for an American <laughs> audience. I don't, yeah, with, I don't with see the, the connection are struggling, there. but the, the white saviour, I, mean, I know they're all white, but, you know, oh. the American <laughs> saviour comes along and helps all of the, yeah. the yeah. Brits USA, in their struggles. USA! <laughs> I yeah, think we have awoken a sleeping giant or something. There's <laughs> something someone says. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my God. yeah. That's what the general <laughs> says. But yeah, I, I was when I was younger, it was very simplistic. My thinking was simplistic because I didn't have much knowledge. I watched this 
looking back at it far too early. <laughs> like I was really young when I was watching this, but yeah. I watched it a few times over and over just because I liked the action sequences. And I was comparing the flights to things like Star Wars, where they also have interesting action sequences. Anyway, I I like the filmmaking, but anyway, watching it now, I'm much more invested. Uh, rest of the cast. Oh, Jennifer Garner's in this as one of Evelyn's oh, colleagues. Yeah. She obviously went on to be Electra, that launched her into a massive career. Uh, mm-hmm. She's barely in this, but she's good uh, in the scene she is in. Speaking of someone who's barely in this, Michael Shannon from Knives Out, Man of Steel. He plays a guy called Goose, which is close to Goose, which is a probably Top Gun reference. Ha ha. Yeah. Mm. At Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd, he shows up for a bit. What? Ewan Bremmer plays the guy with the stutter. He's from Trainspotting. He's amazing in those. He's also from Wonder Woman, pretty sure. He was pretty good in this movie as well. I liked his character. Yeah, but at the same time, I was like, every Michael Bay movie has one character who's just there to make fun of some disability yeah. that they have. And yeah, he was that yeah. for a it little bit. It was like, bit. hey, we, we handled dyslexia so well. Hey, fuck you, stutterer. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God damn it, Michael Bay. Come on, man. Yeah. You were so close. So I've got mixed feelings about that. And I'm not one to talk about it because I'm not in that community. And if it was offensive, I accept that. But I thought there were... Some endearing moments with him. One when he's trying to propose, it was really cute. Oh, that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when he couldn't say the Japanese are here. Yeah. He was saying the. And, you know, they're flying closer. Everyone's just thinking it's American pilots doing flight training early on a Sunday morning. And, you know, he says an offensive term because that's what they're all saying, but he couldn't get it out and he was really panicking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Again, I liked his character. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you know, Michael Bay, can you call a film without making fun of the disabled? <laughs> yeah, I call Michael or, Bay. Or other ethnicities or, or, or women or yeah. Yeah. anyone who isn't a white man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, there's some historical figures in this. Cuba Gooding Jr. plays... Doris Miller, the first black American to be awarded the Navy Cross. Yeah. Uh, he's in there for a little bit. He's very good. That's that's the cook, yeah? The cook, yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, because I really liked his arc. His arc was great. Yeah, yeah. he's good. Uh, he's one of the people where some of the external and modern day stuff sort of affected how I viewed things because mm. he's recently confessed to abuse. Ugh. And then seeing Alec Baldwin who didn't do anything wrong recently, but he's been caught up in a, a tragic event. Mm. Yeah, seen him in this. I was, couldn't yeah. couldn't help thinking of that. So some people, and John Voight as well. Yeah, he's President Roosevelt. Yeah, some people being in this, I couldn't help think of real life, modern day things. But back in the day, this was a star-studded cast. The director hadn't gone down, the path had gone down. Well, he sort of had, we didn't know about it with Kate Beckinsale and, and her casting. So, I, you know, I'm trying to watch it objectively, but I'm aware of a whole lot of other stuff as well, and it kind of takes me out of the film. But that's always going to happen with a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> it is. I did laugh that Alec Baldwin's character is called Doolittle. I was like, ha, 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 ha. Mm. That's the name of a movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and that he does very little. <laughs> and also Mako uh, plays the Japanese fleet admiral. He's a uh, voice yeah. actor in Avatar. He was in the Conan movies. He's the wizard in the Conan movies. Ah. <laughs> oh. There you go. Mm. Reception, 24% on Rotten Tomatoes, 66% audience score, 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, Audiences at the time gave it an A- on CinemaScore. Wow. And surprisingly enough, considering 
a relatively negative uh, reception from the critics, uh, Japanese critics praised this movie. Yeah, well, it wasn't very anti-Japanese. No. Which is, which I was like, I breathed out a sigh of relief. Yeah. When it wasn't like, we are the Japanese, we are the bad guys, grr, grr, grr. You know, it was like, hey, we have to do this. Mm. Um, you know, to pre- to prevent the worst of the war happening. You know, it was just a preemptive strike sort of thing. Um, and there were lines there, like I think one of them described the commander as as a genius, and he said, "No, a genius would find a way to avoid a war or something like that." So, mm. oh yeah, that that was a good line. I liked yeah. that line a lot. That was very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of skimmed through a couple critic reviews. A lot of them at the time were saying, like, yeah, it's just Titanic, but this one's got a bad romance, Mm. Um, which is funny. The dialogue got a lot of flack as well, people being like, this is some of the the silliest dialogue we've seen in a movie. Also targeted (laughs) the historical accuracy, particularly the reason behind the attack, just being like, gas prices. Everyone loved the 40-minute action sequence, though, so that's good. And it won an Oscar for Best Sound Editing. Oh, there you go. Sound design was good. Yeah. I've always thought that about it, actually. There was the scene where, and this is jumping really far ahead, but when a lot of the people on the ground, because I only had four planes still operating, climbed up into one of the, the lookout towers at the airport, and then they fire their rifles as one of the uh, planes is chasing Danny or Rafe, I've forgotten which one, um... And they all fire. I always thought the sound design, you could hear each individual gun firing and then the sounds of the bullets hitting the hull. Is it a hull when it's a plane? Uh, Anyway, hitting the frame of the plane and tearing holes in it. I thought it always sounded really good. Even on my old Ray TV, which is what I first watched this on in a VHS. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, okay. That's good. Yeah. Uh, This cost $140 million. Zach, what do you think it made? Mm. I could have said that better. Hang on. Zach, Zach, this cost $140 million. What do you think it made? Uh, That's an interesting question. I have literally (laughs) no idea. I did think it would have a big budget. Yes. For sure. I would have have guessed in the 150s. But what did it actually make? Uh, It's Michael Bay film. He earns money by taking shits on cinema. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say 250. 250? All right. Interesting. That's a very conservative guess. Conservative like Michael Bay. Uh, what do you yes, think, Chris? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but immediately when you mentioned money, 400,000 came to mind. 400,000 million? No, sorry, not 400,000, 400 million. 400 million, sorry. 400 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about, whoa, wow, this one really bombed. I wonder, actually, because I know a lot of Michael Bay's uh, latest movies, like Transformers, that war thing that he did recently... Um, uh, probably like a decade ago at this point, but a lot of them <laughs> are funded by the military as well. Um, I wonder if this one is. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure. Oh, that's right, because he he goes to military bases all the time in Transformers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. all the equipment is actual military equipment or something wow, mm, that they give that. him to put in the movie. Uh, this made four hundred and forty nine point two oh. million dollars. Oh, that's close. Well done, sir. Which back then wasn't that a lot of money for a film. I know we make billions now with Marvel stuff. I mean, Titanic. Like, they're trying to capture ti- Titanic, and this doesn't really come close. But wasn't it rare for a film to be the highest earning in a box office back then, whereas it happens a lot now, and they do try to target that? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. It's one of the highest grossing movies of the year. I think I'm having a look now. It's 
Below Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Monsters, Inc., Shrek, and Ocean's Eleven. So it's the sixth highest grossing film of the year. It's also below that in terms of story Mm. quality, too. (laughs) Uh, It's just uh, slightly above Mummy Returns by, like, 20 mil. Uh, It's just slightly above that. It's probably also better than that, too, isn't it? (laughs) Ah, Mummy 2 is better than this. I mean, it looks worse. (laughs) It does. I I would watch Mummy 2 again and again, whereas this movie... This movie, I might watch half of it again. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably just watch the 40 minutes again, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, just watch, watch the action. Hi, everybody, my name's Jess. And my name's Ellen. And we're from Murder in the Land of Oz, an Australian true crime podcast. We've covered such notorious crimes as Alice and Baden-Clay, The Backpacker Murders, Anita Cobby, and Azaria Chamberlain, and many other crimes featured around Australia. You can find us on any podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and, or any other place that you get your podcast from. You do you, dog. You just make the right choice for you. We are yeah, pretty and charming, and we're a solid four out of five stars. According to Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. We hope you join us on our trip around Australia. Bye. Uh, That's not kind of productions podcast. There's a bunch of taglines. I've only chosen a couple because there's like 10 taglines to this movie. So I've chosen a bunch of them. Oh my goodness. You got to give them thumbs up or thumbs down. I will do them in my old war voice, I guess. Oh God. It takes a moment to change history. It takes love to change lives. Thumbs down. Yeah, I'm going to thumbs down just for the, the voice, not, yeah. not the good oh. thing. No, like the, the voice made it so much worse, actually. <laughs> hey, do you remember the, the Admiral and the voiceover guy from Star Wars Clone Wars? Yeah. Mm. Try and do that. It was the end of innocence and the dawn of a nation's greatest glory. Oh, oh. oh Jesus. Exploitation much. That's not that's not the way you describe a tragedy. Oh, God. Thumbs down. The glory is that they got revenge. Yeah, I get that bit. <laughs> Thank you, announcer dude. But even the pilot said, are we really going to make much of a difference? Oh, man, I hate this next one so much. <laughs> All right, here we go, announcer dude. December 7th, 1941. It was a Sunday morning, dot, dot, dot. That's it? That's it. (laughs) If it was in Australia, it was your standard Sunday morning. Yeah. (laughs) Thumbs down because it's so vague. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just like a shaky thumbs down. Yeah, it's like, it's almost fine, but it's doesn't do much yeah it doesn't exactly excite me to go to the movie it's like oh what's happening on that date you know yeah what happened then what happened then i reckon my dad would have gotten up he might uh you know if they were around you know yeah Mm. but in america it was a bad day these next two posters are in the style of world war ii posters um they had a bunch of specialty posters made up uh and uh this is the first of those two victory did 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 the people writing these taglines w- watch the movie? Yeah, or, uh, or, or like, like no one came out of this winning. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or know about the tragedy. Even even the the counter attack that they did didn't work. They lost one of their two best pilots. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> there was zero victory. Big thumbs down. This next tagline's b- about <laughs> oh also in the style of an old World War Two poster. Keep that in mind. Oh god. Nurses are needed now. To have and to hold. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Who thumbs down? Kate Beckinsale, more like 
K, uh, me watching uh, the ship of me watching this movie has sailed. <laughs> no. uh, and then the final tagline is Ex- more like Kate Beckett parachute. <laughs> Experience the event that changed the world. Oh, come on. And by the world, we mean America because that's the only country in the world. You, well, the USA is the world, Sandro. In the USA's eyes, yes, exactly. Absolutely. So, as an American, I give that one a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> but as a Kiwi Australian, we both say, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Yep. Uh, look, when we're making these jokes, I do want to acknowledge it was obviously a tragedy <laughs> and uh, they had to retaliate in some way. Mm. And, and uh, you know, I, I genuinely can't imagine what it was like for anyone in that time across most of the world. But America, you were not the heroes of the war. Mm, mm. <laughs> no. Well, I think in, in war, there are no winners. Pretty much. Well, that's the great thing about Full Metal Jacket. That's what makes yeah. that such a good oh, war movie. Great movie. Is it's anti-war. Uh, this is pro-war? Kinda. It sort of is. Like, it. it's the slow motion glorification of explosions that Michael Bay is good at is pretty tactless, frankly. Mm. And when I was a kid, I thought, oh, this is so cool. But there's nothing cool about war. Absolutely nothing. Mm. And yeah, like, I... You know, exploitation movies, I'm a fan of some of them, but there is a line to draw, especially when it's based off real events, and this one felt kind of gross at times. But anyway, let's talk about the plot of Pearl Harbor. Yeah! Okay. Uh, It opens with some sad music, uh, shots of a plane, and the font, Zach, the font of this movie is... Just the Titanic font. Mm, I thought they were going for a vibe. I thought they were going for a vibe. And we see um uh, two boys, Rafe and Danny, mm-hmm. growing up together. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> They're flying around in planes, accidentally start up their dad's plane. Their dad comes oh over God, and is how like... Stupid was <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I know. Mm. And I think the dad's played by Michael Bay. At least he looks a lot like Michael Bay. Oh, I thought it was a young Walter Goggins. <laughs> oh. It probably is Michael Bay, actually. Uh, Will, w- William Fitchner. Oh, of course. Yeah, I always get him and Goggins confused. No, he's, he's good. And it was a really insensitive slur from the kid as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talking about him being a German and he's like, I fought for America. Mm. His spirit was broken in that scene and then uh, Danny runs after him. Yeah, yeah, I love, oh my god, I love this, because it's like, oh, maybe there's a bad guy American. Nope, nope, he's just a war vet. (laughs) Everyone calm down, stop hating the dad, alright? Everybody chill. Yeah. Thinking about it now, he was was really strict with his son, but, uh, and this isn't an excuse for any of that sort of thing, but it's an insight that we have now. He would have had PTSD. Oh, the dad. Mm, oh, yeah. Mm, oh, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. It's like Patrick Stewart's dad. He came home, he was alcoholic, and he became incredibly abusive. And for a long time, Patrick Stewart didn't understand why. And then he learned more about PTSD, and he's like, okay, well, I don't know if I forgive him, but I understand him a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. It was just like the start of this film was very shallow. Oh, no. I think yeah. I'm using that. Isn't the whole film correctly? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but particularly I noticed I was like, "Oh, USA, USA!" Boys, boys, <laughs> like the boys, kids go, boys. "Land of the free, home of the brave." Yeah. Um, yeah, and other things like that, and then you have this uh, interaction with the dad, and it's like, "Oh, there's a bit of emotion here." Oh, his dad's, uh, you know, uh, a bit of an uh, asshole. 
But then that's cut short because you learn he's a war vet and then everyone's okay with him being a bad dad (laughs) because he's a war vet. Yeah, but that never even comes back, though. Like, his relationship with his dad is ignored for the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And also the scene where the dad's, like, hitting him and then his friend comes up with a plank. It's shot like (laughs) the born... I'm just... Why? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Just proper cinematography, please. It's not as bad that is driven so you know also i i know a bit of wood would hurt you but i don't think rafe would have had enough strength to hit him hard enough to knock him down yeah or pick up that wood particularly well frankly mm. that's true <laughs> but anyway 1941 wars started america doesn't want to get involved tensions with japan uh, that's the his, his historical backdrop and they're just a couple of daredevil pilots they're flying around their daredevils yeah they're playing chicken uh, yeah, playing chicken, exactly. They play chicken at the airfield where they're training, and then they get yelled at by Alec Baldwin. And then, why was it just Rafe that was offered? But Rafe is offered to go as like a, what's the word? Not an envoy, but to work with the UK in their yes. current struggles. Yeah, he, yeah. he volunteered. Well, there was a setup where it's officially a volunteering thing, I think they're just setting up a squadron, right? So a single squadron. So they only have limited slots to send people in. And uh, they don't want to send all their best pilots over to Britain. That's what the guy does say. The Brits are our friends, but we can't help them out entirely. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because they're at war with the (laughs) Daleks. Ah, now it all makes sense. Uh, you know what, Sandro? That's bullshit. But that's very good bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote from the movie. Oh! <laughs> oh, I did laugh. There's one line in the movie where I think it's Alec Baldwin. He's like, thank you all so much for volunteering, boys. You're showing the real heart of America. No extra pay, etc. And I was like, oh, this movie loves volunteers almost as much as James Corden does. Uh-huh. Uh, that's an outdated reference by the time this episode comes out. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know, he's still on the show for a year. Oh, true. Um- <laughs> also, Ben Affleck's meant to be 24 years old, which I found very funny. Yeah, yeah, you, you love that. Because he's clearly like 29 in yeah, like, right. as an actor. But it's not like that's ever been done before, ever, and happens all the time now, Sam. Yeah, like. Sandra, oh, I know. you gotta, you got to learn to stretch your, your disbelief at, <laughs> at least once on some movies. My thing is, this is a fictional character. Yeah. Don't mention their age. There's no <laughs> point. <laughs> well, I don't remember yes. hearing it, so um, I'm sure they did, but I don't remember it. There's a part where he's like, I'm going off to war. I'm almost 25. i got to do something with my life. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. The commander goes, you're all young, you're all, like, 25, you've got the rest of your life. Yeah, that's right, he does say that. Yeah. Oh. But, Sandra, you, st- you still, just ignore it. Just, yeah. just, just move on. can't ignore it. You're obsessed. <laughs> I can't you gotta ignore look, it. Look, yeah. every movie has actors playing people that are either older or younger than them. Oh, yeah. And you you just got to have to learn to adapt, Sandra, eventually. Yeah, We've done two and a half yeah. years I mean, movies. I know, it's crazy, though. Like, whenever Sylvester Stallone shows up and he's like, I'm a young man, I'm like, Sylvester Stallone, you're 60. <laughs> I'm 23. <laughs> Where's that young hot lady for me to fall in love with? <laughs> the the next few scenes are basically a sequence of the squad that they've put together 
basically coming to terms with the fact that they're going to war, yeah. but also living it up in, in, in the 40s with the nurses that are going to go with them. And then it's it's the blokes kind of talking about how they're going to chat up the women. And then it's the women talking about... It's sort of done in flashback a little bit too. It was really mm. it was interestingly done. I quite liked it. So they're professionally giving them their shots in their bums yes. <laughs> uh, so that they can travel and they're inoculated and all of that. Uh, and then, and then privately, they're going out to uh, a bar, you know, gorgeous bar. The mm. aesthetics of this film are really nice. Oh yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Except for the points that Sandra made in chat, which is that it's too saturated, and there were one too many lens flares, which I don't normally complain about. But sometimes I just thought, why would you use a lens that makes a lens flare? Oh, Michael Bay, he does love a good lens flare. Yeah, does indeed. About as much as J.J. Abrams. That is true. <laughs> true. That is true. He needs some catching up. I don't think the meat cute was very cute, but I laughed, so that's good. Mm. She keeps stabbing him in the bum. <laughs> yeah, and he played that pretty well. And then he falls over and breaks his nose or something. It's because he's already had uh, the shots, but he wanted to get close to her again. Even though Rafe's already had the shots, he gets the second dose and he gets knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that's how the shots would work. Wouldn't he just get sick? But Zach, this is this is a, a vapid film that wants to have a bit of comedy in there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't realize that this was a levity moment. I was taking this <laughs> yeah. dead seriously. I um, <laughs> I was concerned for this man's safety. Yeah. Um, and health, as he has gotten two shots. Clearly, uh, the system has uh, failed <laughs> us, and we need to put file a full report on this uh, incident. I know. Is he now endangering the other guy? Yeah. Because he was allocated a dose. Yeah, that other guy That other guy didn't get shot. He's got his file stolen. Exactly. So he survives the conflict, but he gets home, he's really sick, and he dies from whatever the big protected. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. R.I.P. Poor guy. Yeah. And then there's a brilliant slapstick moment. I did laugh, actually, where he's he's really clumsy, and he's, he's, he's also nervous because he's, he's falling in love with Evelyn. And he opens champagne bottle, but he looks at it and it gets him in these broken nose and it really hurts. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> felt that one. He played it very well. He was shaking afterwards, tears in his eyes, and then he just gives up and goes, I'm oh, sorry, it really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. I kind of like the way he says, he's just looking at her, he goes, you're so beautiful, it hurts. And she goes, I think it's your nose that hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good one. I might be in a sappy mood. I don't know. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying it was bad. I thought the romance was fine. It's just like, I didn't exactly sign up for a romance movie, though. No, exactly. It genuinely does feel like two different films. Yeah. I mean, Titanic makes sense, because, you know, what other story are you going to tell? That's probably just because that movie's a classic, though. There's probably other ways that you could have made it. To be honest, the love story in this makes more sense, because times Mm. emotions were so heightened... Times were, you didn't know if you were going to die. You didn't know if the war was going to make it to you. They're reading headlines about countries being obliterated. If they get a little bit of feelings for each other, you're going to act on it. It did feel a bit fast, but also then I, I rationalized it that way. No, no, no. The fast bit was the, the, the bit that I liked because this movie is three hours long. And I was just <laughs> like, the faster, the better. That Look, yeah. the only problem I had with the romance was that it, it took an hour and... 20 minutes to get to the Pearl Harbor bit, you know, if yeah. the, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's an odd one. There's no balance in it. I told Sandro this, that I don't mind them both being in the same film, but it's so abruptly done that it feels like two different films. Like we've been saying, I think a better movie would have been 
I don't know, they're both stationed at Pearl Harbor and all the bad stuff happens and they help people and then they fall in love or whatever. That would have been yeah. probably a better movie than this kind of convoluted love triangle. But yeah. for yeah, what we I've got, got I think it's well acted enough that you can believe it. And it, it does that, that weird thing that a lot of romances do where it's got amazing shots of Hawaii with Hans Zimmer's music where it does sound like a TV movie, but it's beautiful music because he's good at what he does. Mm. And it puts the package together really nicely of this is just a, a romance movie. It's really nice. And then suddenly at the one hour and 30 minutes mark, pretty much exactly, the first bomb blows up a ship and it goes into hardly any music and a lot of blood, guts and gore so to speak. Uh, Michael Bay loves making bad jokes in all his movies. Sometimes they're bad on purpose. Sometimes the mm. joke is someone is being awkward and silly, which we got earlier with Ben Affleck being like, I lick you. I like you, I mean. Um, and that's, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that was, yes. that was very dumb. I was like, oh, Michael Bay. That is classic Michael Bay. And then it flash forwards to when the nurses are discussing, what did he mean? Well, he said like. Oh, like you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yes, get on with it. We get it. Yes. He said, he said like, <laughs> not lick. God damn it. But other things that Michael Bay likes to do is jokes that no one in their right mind would ever say. And this is one. Uh, ben Affleck and Kate Beckinsale are dancing. He's got his hand a little bit low. Low, and she's like, "Oh my, your hand is way below my waist." And Ben Affleck's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I lost a bit of altitude." <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, no one would say that. It's not as bad as this one line, um, oh oh uh, which is getting a little bit ahead of myself. But this yeah. is pretty much the scene where yeah, he goes over to England to go and. And help with the war effort over there. And the commander mm. over there is like, wow, you really want to be out on the field, don't you? Are all you Yanks anxious to get themselves killed? And Ben Affleck's like, oh, not anxious to die, sir. Just anxious to matter. <laughs> yes. You Yeah. You There was another one later on where he's done some flying with them, taken out a few planes. And uh, then the, the British leader comes up and says, ah, oh, if... All of your pilots are as good as you. This war would be over very soon or something like that. That's basically what he meant. And it's just yeah. like, stop licking your own boots, America. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but that's a bit too vivid and gross. Yeah, yeah. That, that is this movie. I've, I've written down USA, USA, USA <laughs> in my notes multiple times. That should be um, the tagline. Pearl Harbor, USA, USA. I would have upvoted that one. I would have been like, yeah, well, at least they're getting to the point with that one. Uh, it's accurate, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I do want to mention this. Just before, oh my okay. God. Just before he goes to England, he's like, my test, right, is I told Evelyn not to come and see me off. And if she does, that means she loves me. Uh, and I'm like, that's toxic. It, it <laughs> says a lot, actually, that a Michael Bay film contains so many moments of not consent. Someone has said no, but they're expecting the opposite. Somebody said no, but the opposite happens. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. And she, like, nearly misses him on the station, yeah. you know? I don't think she does see him. No, she doesn't see she doesn't see him, but, like, he could have quite easily missed her. Yeah. And then he would have been like, oh, she doesn't actually love me. Oh, well. But he got very excited, and he's tapping on the window, Evelyn, 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 but she... Can't hear him. And then he stops and just another guy's looking at him and goes, she loves me. 
Oh, I rolled my fucking eyes. That was so dumb. <laughs> um, but also, like, he could have quite easily just been, like, a carriage down. Yeah, exactly. You know, and completely missed her. And he would have been like, well, she doesn't love me. And then he would have just did not cared or anymore. Or she could have been a perfectly respectful human respecting his wishes and didn't turn up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was actually a sweet line when he says, don't come and see me off tomorrow saying goodbye to you. Once is hard enough. That was actually kind of cute. That was kind of sweet. I, I was like, that's pretty different. I like it, you know, instead of yeah. that whole cliche send-off thing where the girl comes running in yeah. to, you know, see him off. No, that would be too cliche. They've actually broken that. Yeah. He's saying, like, don't come. And then, and then, of course, it happens anyway. Oh, political scenes. They're the best part of this movie. Oh, yeah, what? Where the experts are ignored by those people who think they know best. Where have we seen that before? What? Mm. The last what? two years? Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just cut between, like, the Americans and the Japanese, and the Japanese are all like, we've invented special torpedoes. <laughs> was that was that historically accurate, or...? Yeah. 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 Otherwise, the attack wouldn't have worked. I don't think them all standing around, like, the Empire uh, oh, was... <laughs> no, with little models. I don't know how much that's all accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, menacing music. I just rolled my eyes, because in, in, in the American scenes, you got Dan Aykroyd, he's being an expert, he's telling them, we think this is highly likely. Have you got any proof? No, but we think it's highly likely. You should really listen to us, because it risks the entire fleet. Yeah. Oh, I need 100% certainty before we do anything. I'm not going to listen to you. And then a few days later, they should have listened to the experts. They should have. I mean, to be fair, Dan Aykroyd's always going on about aliens. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to take him seriously sometimes. <laughs> Statistically, you know? though, it, aliens do exist. I mean, uh, I, uh, mm. I, I buy my gin. I'm Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love me some skull diamond infused. Was it vodka or gin? I don't even know. Uh, oh, maybe it is vodka. Yeah, I don't mm. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is anti-American. How dare he, Dan Aykroyd? I know. He's <sighs> supporting Russia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving swiftly on. Oh, God. Um, so, during the, the army general scenes interspersed in there, Rafe gets shot down. Yeah, oh, that was a good dogfight. Mm. That whole sequence was really solid. Frankly, the CGI when he blew up the, uh, the plane looked as good as anything these days. Yes. There's only one shot in this movie that wasn't great uh, near the end when a plane crashes into a field that wasn't great yeah but the rest of the movie i thought just looked amazing mm. he's good at what he does with the action stuff i'll give him that that was pretty good and it's also it's also shot well the action as well because like the yeah. big thing with the transformers movies particularly i think all of them from three onwards is that the action it's hard to focus on and the reason you can't yeah. like remember or retain any information from those movies is because stuff is always happening and your eye always has to like move around like yeah. A good action movie, Mad Max Fury Road. I knew you were going to mention that. All the action takes place in the middle of the screen. You can always tell what's yeah, they, going on. Well, they put crosshairs on the camera when they were filming. Exactly, yeah. Mm, and yeah. so you just kind of have to pay attention to one spot and you can retain. You know what's going on. It's a lot easier mm, to yeah. follow. Michael Bay movies, your eye is bouncing around all over the screen. <laughs> I reckon the first three Transformers films were decent when it came to the camera work. But you're right. It became so much more handheld. Yeah. Yeah. And from the perspective of the humans, and tried to do Cloverfield meets Transformers, and didn't do it as well as Cloverfield. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's kind of yeah a big thing with those. Whereas yeah, with this, I I thought the action was all pretty good, aside from mm. 
fist fights, which turned into the Born Identity. But it wasn't as bad as Driven. I think Driven, which we did a few weeks ago, was so bad that any other shaky cam now is just going <laughs> to not feel mm. as impactful because that movie was so bad. Mm. <laughs> My favourite sort of shaky cam, and this is going to sound really weird, really specific, but it's the beginning of, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's probably just called Star Wars The Clone Wars, but the movie The Clone Wars. Mm. Yeah. They're in the trenches and the clones charge and it's as if you're one of the clones charging up there and it's handheld and it's following a few of them and it's animated but it it gets the exactly what I like from handheld where it's not too shaky but it's obviously climbing over the trench as well and things like that that works really well i like uh just before he he goes up in the air he's talking with the like a british general mm-hmm. um and he says uh God help anyone who goes to war with America. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. USA, 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 USA. And that's the one where uh, also where like the Japanese general says it's like maybe we have awakened a sleeping giant. <laughs> USA, USA, USA. Yeah, USA. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then basically. The generals have had their meeting. We found out that Rafe got shot down. Danny goes and tells Evelyn. They're mourning together. They're celebrating him. And then she turns up at the at the airfield and everyone disappears from the, the hangar. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Because everyone's like, oh. I've got some g- great quotes here. Uh, Ladies cloud the mind. <laughs> uh, so uh, the the world's first incel, maybe, yeah, maybe. Not sure what he what. Yeah, maybe. Oh my god, interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, after the hangar scene, he says, "Hey, do you have you ever seen the uh, harbor in, at sunset?" And she goes, "Oh yeah, a few times." Have you ever seen it from the sky? From the sky, And so they go for a flight, Mm. and that was fine, that was cute, but then they jump like five steps in the dating process and they hook up in parachutes. In the parachute room! And I was just thinking of, like, the guy, right, who's going to go to war, he's going to be up there in the plane, the plane's going to get shot down, he's going to open his parachute and he's going to land on the ground, and he's going to be like, wow, that parachute really saved my life. What's that weird stain there? (laughs) (laughs) I thought... Well, well, as we find out, there probably wasn't a stain because Evelyn gets pregnant. She does get pregnant. That's true. Well, Good that's point. That's true. That's true. At least they're being respectful of the parachute. Yeah, exactly. you know? It was. It's such a weird like. Uh, it's like the room quality sex scene. Oh, <laughs> have you? Uh... Okay, guys. <laughs> have you ever been in a parachute room? Is it hot? Oh, it's the most sensual room <laughs> possible. It's almost impossible not to get it on, you know. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Uh, that's why it happened. You know, you you can't help yourself. It's like being in a bedroom with sheets, but the sheets are everywhere. They're hanging up. You know, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> that got Sandra. <laughs> I, oh dear, I, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Evelyn sort of regrets it. She feels uncomfortable because she was madly in love with Rafe. Mm. But, you know, they, they're they getting closer, her and Danny. And then out of the blue, Rafe's alive. Ben Affleck shows up. He's in Hawaii. He was like, give me a hard ticket to Hawaii, please. I'm going to Hawaii. And I was like, yeah, Michael Bay would like that movie. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. A uh, Patreon. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you who else who would like that movie. Scott Morrison. <laughs> <sighs> and this episode's going out after the election, I think. That's pretty fun. It is the twenty fifth. You said 
Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, Ben Affleck's alive. He talks to Evelyn and immediately figures out what's going on just by looking at her. Yeah. And then I looking at Daddy. Down. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck yeah. is this scene? The scene is the dumbest fucking it scene is. I've ever it seen. He, he rocks up. They think he's been dead. He he would know this. He would know that they thought he was dead. Well, they even say it. She says, Rafe, you died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so he, they should have been like hugs, celebrations, excitement. The first thing that should have happened when Rafe saw Danny was they he, they like ran to each other. They were like brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There should have been this whole big thing. They were like this and that. And then later on, it's like uh, Rafe figures it out. And yeah. he's like, what? And then he feels that big betrayal, you know, because they just had that big reunion sort of thing. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm more on Danny and Evelyn's side because it wasn't a betrayal because you were dead. Yeah. In yeah. their mind, you were dead. I get it. You're on the 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 cuck um the guy Jesus. side. I get it. I get it. You cuck Rafe. Gotcha. Wait, but um, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it? Wait, it was Rafe. who was cucks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the cucky. But it wasn't by definition cucking because he was gone. Yeah, he wasn't watching. Well, yeah, yeah. Look, that like, it was accidental cucking. That's it for was. sure. Oh, wait, no, he was watching because he watched the movie and figured it out instantly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy who was documenting everything actually saw them in the parachute room. Yeah. Yo, 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 Rafe, I got something to show you. <laughs> oh, no, I thought, I just thought that Michael Bay showed Rafe the dailies. Ah. And that's how he figured it out. I was so mad. I was like, what the fuck is this scene? Why Why does he just, like, look at them both and just go, oh, my God, you betrayed me. Oh, my God. Yeah, or maybe I, it's because he's to... Daredevil, right? Because, like, when he fell out of the plane, could his, hear it all. <laughs> his senses were heightened. <laughs> Even underwater, he could hear it all. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I don't know. It's impossible to explain because it's dumb. I'm trying to think about it from his point of view. I think he overreacted. I would just address it. I'd be like, do we need to break up? Do you two want to be together? Let's never talk to each other again. It'd be sad, but he just overreacted. He shouldn't have punched him. I don't know. Yeah, well, clearly you're not. You're clearly not an, of American blood because we don't <laughs> stand for that sort of thing around here. Oh, How goodness. dare you touch my missus? Come here, you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think. <laughs> I think his reaction makes sense after this scene. It's just like that scene where he instantly figures it out is yeah. very stupid. Yeah, yeah, the bar scene's kind of funny. The most realistic part is they started a bar fight, I think. That was pretty <laughs> funny, yes. Yeah, so the, they go to the bar afterwards. Uh, yeah. Well, Affleck goes to the bar. Danny rocks up um, while he's telling war stories. Yeah. And I liked how he's like, yeah, you know, those Nazis, man, they fight differently. They fight real differently. They'll come around, they'll shoot you from behind. Just like some Americans will, as he looks at Danny. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God. So do they fight differently or do they not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. There's a weird scene. There's obviously a cut there because uh, Rafe's wearing his uniform. And then Michael Shannon takes off his Hawaiian shirt and says, I'll give you the shirt off my back for being really cool yeah and then all of a sudden he's just putting it on and he didn't take the other one off and mm. you, you knew it was going to happen but they obviously just cut the bit where he unbuttoned the other shirt mm. <laughs> so anyway they fight the security turns up so they run away they sleep in a car they're they're still buddies i guess they're like yeah we'll we'll hang out you know it's fine and that right there is when the japanese planes take off <laughs> yeah well yeah because we cut 
Uh, it's night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we cut to Japan and they're like, oh, here we go. It's now December 7th. And they pull the calendar over yeah. like, it's December 7th. <laughs> yeah. But also, in terms of time zones. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> is it still nighttime? Which one's ahead? I'm not sure which one's ahead, actually. <laughs> Where is Hawaii compared to Japan? They're like yeah. close here, are they? Let's have a look here mm. at the uh, at the. Oh yeah, they're close-ish. It would still be okay. a pretty decent enough time difference. I think there's a whole Australia in between Japan and Hawaii. There might be. There's that much space <laughs> in the uh, in the yeah. in the Pacific Ocean. Ah, uh, yeah, but Australia doesn't really matter. Don't worry about that in the film. Oh, we don't don't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to watch the movie Australia for us to matter. Oh, cool. So anyway, the Japanese are on their way at last, literally halfway through the film. Oh, yeah. my God, yes. This is my last notes were, were around here, and I was like, I, next time, if I ever watch this movie, I'm skipping to an hour and ten. Because <laughs> that way you get like... You get, like, 10, 20 minutes of preamble, and then the movie starts. Yeah. I'd say actually an hour and eight minutes, because that's when they're all assembling in the oh, yeah, yeah. conference room to hear from the experts. But, yeah, no, I think that's not a bad idea. You could almost cut some opening credits in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it would work. And then there's this is really great scenes. There are people living, you know, living life in Hawaii. It's pretty great. Mm. And the Admiral is out golfing, and then all of a sudden a valley is filled with planes flying through. Yeah. And they say, why are they practicing so early? Because they think it's Americans, but it's the Japanese. Mm. It's a really good scene. It is a really, really just overall great sequence. And the music Mm. is like tense. Uh, But subtle, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A, A lot of the tone is built up by just the sheer number of planes and their engine sound design. Just... Everywhere. It's it's really, really amazing. And then when the first... Is it a torpedo that drops first? I think it is. And when that hits, it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, boy. There are two people painting the side of the ship. They look down and they're wiped out. Yeah, because it's like these people are just kind of looking at it and they're like, what the fuck is that? And then yeah. they're gone. There was a Japanese gunner on the plane actually telling a whole bunch of kids who were playing cricket, I think. No, baseball. He tells them to run which I thought was quite noble of him. They don't want to kill kids, Mm. which was a nice touch. Yeah. You know what would have been good? I don't like the movie Dunkirk because I think it's annoying. (laughs) Um, But a a movie like Dunkirk that's this, I think would have been another way to go about making Pearl Harbor. The Pearl Harbor story done in the style of Dunkirk, do you mean? Yeah, like Mm. different characters, uh, some need saving, some are doing the saving. We can see the the fighters on both sides. Yeah, because you've got the air base on one part of the island and then you've got the, the harbour itself. And you could ha- you could see the story of the- they sort of do it here, but you could do it differently. Where yeah. you see the pilots trying to get ready, trying to get there in time, while their colleagues are being murdered in front of their eyes, mass murdered. And of course, there's the the shot, the shot from this movie, I would say, which is uh, the missile going into the kitchen, and you just see it drop. Mm. And I don't, I think it's mostly real. I I remember reading something about how they shot that scene. Dropping through the ceiling, I'm pretty sure was real. Yeah, yeah uh, it it looks amazing. That sequence, it does. Is yeah, 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 incredible, very cool. Oh, we haven't we haven't mentioned him yet, but I've written it down here, so I need to mention him. The cook, 
because mm. because we see him in this scene. We haven't talked about him, but earlier on he had this whole thing where uh, his his arc is uh, he fights on the ship. Yeah, and you know people are taking bets and all that because uh, he he doesn't get much other roles on the ship other than you know cleaning duties in the uh, the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So he he takes up fighting to earn the respect of his peers. He's got a pretty close relationship with the captain, which is quite cute. Yeah, 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 which is cool. We get a scene where he beats the crap out of an engineer, but the engineer guy is like a massive dude. Mm. Yeah. Um, Actually, he uh, he got the first American kill of the movie, I just realised. Uh, oh, right, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, well, of the conflict. Rafe was wiping out people in the sky when he was in England, but, um, yeah, in the harbour, Cooper Gooding Jr., his character, shoots down the first plane. Yeah, he gets on an anti-aircraft gun... That's a good sequence as well. Yeah, because he, he, like, talks with the captain, and his captain's like, I hear you've been fighting and winning. And he's like, oh, yes, I get pretty lucky down there. And he says, uh, it sounds like it has nothing to do with luck, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And he's like, yeah, captain, you're you're a great guy. Boy, I would hate for anything bad to happen to you. And then... um when the, the bombing hits, we see him and the captain, and the captain's like, go to your stations, do this, do that, do that. And the cook's like, hey, don't worry, man. Everyone's at their stations. You trained us well. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. And then the captain let go. He realized, okay, well, they're in safe hands, their own competent hands, and yeah, he dies. Yeah. The thing I liked about, uh, when I say like, it's just, it shows how probably accurate it was. There were still people sleeping on the ships, and they're still in their pajamas. Someone was shaving. They're still holding the razor. And people, people don't immediately jump too. People like no. half the people think it's a drill. Yeah, you yeah. know, or yeah, that's like what one of the other cooks said as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like that because that's the most realistic bit: is people just not knowing that it's yeah. happening while it's happening. Mm. Uh, mm. Like most people are like, why? Why are they doing flying drills this early? You know, on a Sunday. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, and then this is basically where I started crying. Was just destruction everywhere, and the horrific thought of some of the people on the bottom levels of the ships as they start to sink, never mm. being able to get out, and so they just suffocate, they drown. Yeah. And then the slow motion shots of the nursing village being shot oh yeah like on the streets that was oh that was horrifying oh that my was god really horrifying. i'm i'm welling up now i've also got it playing a little bit but just it, it's nasty stuff it's brutal yeah one sequence that got me was um there's the guy uh trapped i think it's like a window and like he's got his hands through and he's holding like some guy's hands as they're trying to get him out yeah yep yep and they're trying to cut him out that's when Ben and Rafe actually got the... Uh, ben. Why do I keep saying Ben? That's the same person. Rafe and Danny. <laughs> yeah, because they get into it. So they uh, they start up their car that they were sleeping in and um, mm -hmm. are pursued by a bunch of planes, which is kind of yeah. eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It's kind of mm. like, Because oh, okay. the planes would fly over you far too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> That's not um, a fast car. <laughs> but they're driving around trying to help uh, all the guys, all the soldiers um, who need it. Oh, there's one other kind of eye roll scene, which I didn't love, which was um, mm -hmm. a pretty powerful shot of all the bodies in the water. I think it comes in a, a little later. But then there's also just the American flag drowning. And I was like, that's dumb. And then Cooper Gooding Jr. picks it up and cries about it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, the scenes in the in the ward, that got me as well. 
people bleeding. Some one guy's throat is just gushing blood. People are walking like zombies who've been burnt. Mm. And the nurse is trying to keep their cool. And one of their own has died and they, they're sad about that, but they have to keep going because more and more people just turn up. Yeah. Some really good stuff there. Particularly, yeah, like um Kate Beckinsale's acting just oh, throughout the whole sequence. She's amazing in this. Incredible. Yeah. So good. And then yeah, we got the boys um the boys. <laughs> they fight their way into a hangar uh and take to the air. <laughs> you got the guy, I've forgotten his name. He just comes out with the shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they start firing at the planes, which is yeah, it's dumb. I think this was when I first noted down that Michael Bay really takes advantage of being able to say racist slurs because this yep. is when everyone this is, is just probably the only film where it's sort of applicable because everyone said it at the time yeah we don't now we won't now it's more how often it is like if yeah. you were to do a drinking game you would you would be fine for the first half like hour and a half but then after that you were smashed <laughs> by the end of it yeah uh, it's, it's every second sentence and it's honestly comedic <laughs> i suppose it's better to say the shortened version of the Japanese fighters are on the way. When you could say these dirty so-and-sos are on the way. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, the, yeah, the Japanese have succeeded. They withdraw a third wave that they were going to send out, but no, they withdraw that. Because frankly, if you want to get back to your people and say we had a great victory and hardly lost anyone, wise choice. And yeah, we get sh- shots of the aftermath in the hospital and the sea. It's it, it's incredibly striking and and sad. They say I think three thousand over three thousand people died, which is whew. Mm. um. And America's at war now. And then the Japanese admiral's like, I fear all we've done is awaken a sleeping giant. And I was like, that's dumb. Oh my god, <laughs> he's not wrong though. America was sleeping at the wheel, and the rest of the world was fighting for its life. And America's like, oh, no, we're not attacked yet. We won't do anything. Yeah, no, 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 no. This isn't a story about how the USA was just not helping at all. No, exactly. And being dumb. No, no, no. This is about how USA are the heroes of the war (laughs) after they got attacked. That's the story they tell themselves, yes. No, 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 no. We clearly didn't watch the same film because that's definitely (laughs) what I watched was how USA are heroes. But I know I know history. (laughs) No 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 history isn't important here, Reese. (laughs) History is written by the victor and America was left standing at the end, so that makes them the victor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't participate very much. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what's his name? Uh, Churchill was kind of racist, so we can't believe him. We can only believe Roosevelt. Kinda? <laughs> okay, very. Yes. In war, there is no winners. So the only way to win is to not participate. Oh, oh. The, uh, smart. Ugh. I'm just saying USA, smart brain, big brain. What was that dumb line where they're like, we've been attacked now. Looks like it's World War II. And I'm like, World War II's been happening for at least a year, America. Yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody just said, I think World War II just started. Yeah. Oh, God. That's <laughs> so dumb. So bad. USA, USA. <laughs> I hated the scene as well. I know it's meant to be uplifting and you're meant to be like, yes, Roosevelt. But that scene where he's like, oh, uh, everyone's saying that, you know, we can't fight back. It's impossible. Well, I'm in a wheelchair. Can I stand? I can. I've done the impossible. I'm like, this is dumb. Like, we just had 3,000 people die. Bit different than you, one man getting out of a wheelchair. Good job, by the way. But like, oh, Ah. Although I did laugh when Lynn Manuel Miranda showed up and did a rap about it. Mm, that yeah. was pretty good. That was yeah. pretty good. We definitely watched the same film. <laughs> <laughs> 
Affleck, he is, he and Danny are enlisted into a top secret suicide squad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They almost do the line, what is this, some sort of suicide squad? They almost do it. What is this, some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> what about that? The movie starts with the attack, then they both get enlisted to the Suicide Squad, and then we have Suicide Squad-style flashbacks to explain all the characters. Oh, <laughs> James Gunn, yes. could you come and do this, please? <laughs> hey, I mean, Michael Bay thought it was so great, he did it in one of the Transformers movies for all the bad guys, so... Did he? Which one was that? Uh, it, I think it was the fifth one. The fifth one oh. had the bad guys introduced... But like by Suicide Squad flashback style intros. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So there you go. Man. Michael Bay learned eventually. He eventually he, learned. He took the best bit of Suicide Squad and adapted it. Uh, Alec Baldwin. He's the he's the leader of the Suicide Squad. He's the Amanda Waller, if you will. He calls planes fat ladies, which was weird. He's like, we gotta slim these fat ladies down, and I'm like, Michael Bay. My goodness. Because they want to take off from. An aircraft character. These are land. These are army planes, essentially, and so they need to make them lighter. So they're saying make them lighter. I'm not at all defending the line. I, it's it's ridiculous. It, it, uh, fat yeah, phobia and yeah. and weight shaming. And there's a lot wrong with that line alone. Let alone the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I was just gonna say, like, it, it kind of makes sense because they call the planes ladies, right? They yeah, do. yeah, yeah, and yeah. they need to get rid of the weight because otherwise they're not going to be able to make it to Japan. It'll be a very short mission if they don't. <laughs> yeah, that's why he calls them fat ladies. But yeah, there's one incredibly <laughs> terribly written line, not because it's cheesy, but because it's so blunt. Baldwin is like, "All right, man, we're going to Tokyo and we're gonna bomb it," and then everyone just cheers. And I'm like, "I um, I know." But then I did like the response. They were thinking about it for a while, and then they say, what good is this going to do? Is yeah. it going to do enough? Like, comparatively, we lost our fleet. Are we going to do any damage? Yeah, well, I I, I did like the, the thing where it's like, hey, they sent, like, 300 planes. We're sending, like, 20. It was, it was good comparison. I liked it. It was a good pointing out of how futile their sort of attack was. And then the movie continued on without thinking about it anymore. But, but <laughs> Captain USA, USA knows how USA, USA, the USA is. Yeah. yeah. So he, he knows that if you had a little victory like that, their ego is stroked enough to think we can win the whole war. And then their allied forces win the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> how USA is the USA if the USA, USA? It's as USA as the USA would USA. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you say that USA, USA... Uh, no, I think you would say that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, they fly off to Tokyo. Evelyn manages to, like, get into the news area to hear what's going on for a bit. I think I know why they made it about, inaccurately, about oil prices, Sandro. Because they attack a refinery, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. Essentially wiping out the rest of their oil refinery. So if it was the case, they've just crippled Japan. But that isn't what happened. No, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> so this would be a much more meaningful victory if it was accurate, but that's not what happened. I like how they attack the 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 um the the oil refinery, and it's like we just had a great scene of the Japanese coming in and, and bombing everything, and it you know it looked quite good. It was in a nice area, whereas this scene, the the victory scene, if you will. Uh, it's just a dirty factory in the middle of a city. Well, you know, that's all of Japan, is what they're saying. 
dumb. And you know, it was it was tragic and in slow motion in America. Here it's like massive bombs. Yeah, we're getting revenge. We're sending back the medals that they gave us when we signed a bit of a a treaty or a friendship pact, but they've obviously betrayed that, so we'll send it back to them on the bomb. Oh. <laughs> USA, am I right, fellas? Yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, we we have the nurse. She's tucked into a corner in the like. Uh, she's the only good bit about this sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is why I started with her. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Fair enough. They're in like the typewriting room. Yeah. She's put in the typewriting room to a uh, pretend to type yeah. while they're saying things, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was pretty funny. That somehow she's managed to get herself in, and then she immediately abandons that facade to just go wander forward to listen in on the radio communications with the planes. And we see the commander, like, communicating with the planes. Uh, They learn that they have to launch early because uh, the Japanese discovered them Mm -hmm. a bit earlier than they expected. Yeah. They need to make it even lighter so they can put some more fuel in, but not let them fall off the ship. So they they chuck some more fuel in, but they chuck out all this weight, including the guns. And he replaces them with brooms, which is, like, a clever idea. Uh, But, like, would it matter? No. Would anyone care? Yeah, you can't shoot anyway. I don't think you can even see planes in that great detail to see if they've got what look like guns or not. And frankly, people on the ground are more concerned about the bombs than the guns, so... Yeah, like, again, it's like, who who would have cared about the guns? Yeah, yeah. If anything, if anything, them landing their planes or their planes going down with broomsticks in, instead of guns in the slots is going to make them look like idiots. Mm. You know, the Japanese <laughs> yeah. are going to be like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? they got God. broomsticks here. America is not armed at all. Let's attack again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oof. Um... But, um, uh, yeah, they they send off the planes. Mm. Um, they think they're not going to make it because they run out of fuel. Um, and then they, uh, just as they the commander gives up and he breaks radio silence, the island appears. Woo! They see <laughs> it there. Yay, we made it. And it's almost a, a bit of a will they or won't they in terms of which one's going to crash and die. <laughs> oh, well, I... I I, my bet was on one of the main characters. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Each one is on a different plane. And so they're both running out of fuel. Which one's going to crash? Which one's going to die in the crash? And I immediately knew as soon as they weren't on the same plane together that yeah. one of their planes was going to go down. I didn't yes. know which one, though. I wasn't mm. sure which. Because you could have gone really either way, I felt. Yeah. And then as it turns out, in the end, they don't die in the plane, but one of them does die. Well, they have to have the dramatic scene where they're, they're talking together, you know. They fire what? too many bullets out of pistols. For <laughs> but that happens in every action movie. <laughs> And then there's the scene that didn't look that great where the plane comes in, saves them with the guns that they do have, like kills the uh, Japanese forces that have found them on the ground. Yeah, yeah, because Affleck is cornered by all the yeah the soldiers. And then it crashes, which doesn't look as good as the rest of the film, but that's literally one shot out of hundreds of effects shots, which look amazing. So hats off, I suppose. Guys, we're missing the most important scene. It's when Danny sacrifices himself for Raph. Yeah. Oh, no. he jumps in front of the bullets. So dramatic. He does. Yeah. Uh, he gets shot in the chest and then that's enough of a distraction for Affleck to kill all the Japanese. 
Uh, so yeah, Danny's dead. Uh, Rafe is like, oh, Danny, no. Uh, cries over the body. You were going to be a dad. And he's like, no, you're going to be a dad. Dice. <sighs> anyway, a bunch of awards are handed out to all the peoples and, you know, great success and etc, etc. And we see Rafe and Evelyn have named their kid Danny, which is going to be a very complicated uh, discussion when they explain to Danny why he's named Danny. Is it? Or is it just like, hey, yeah, my best friend died in the war and his name was Danny, so I named you Danny. Yeah, you don't have to mention the love triangle. I feel like, well, that's the thing, right? That's what's going to make it awkward. Yeah, it's going to be like, yeah, you're named after my best friend who who was friends with your mum and then I died and then your mum was and dad, you know. Yeah, in you yeah. don't explain that You don't bit. need to explain that, no. His best friend from childhood went to war with him and died. It was a horrible event. So many people did die. That's all you have to say. Yeah, but he's biologically related to Danny, right? So it's going to come up eventually. What are they going to do? Do a DNA test? It's like it, 19... It wasn't as good, but... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sandro? No one gives a shit. I do. I'll tell you what, maybe, maybe uh, Danny's kids, as in Danny Jr., his kids will go on Who Do You Think You Are? And they'll do the historical records mm. check. Oh, yeah. Maybe. No, what's um. going to happen is it's going to be an awkward, like, 80 years later where they're on, uh, when they're on, like, the DNA test sites or yep. whatever. Yep. It's like, wait a minute. We're not related to that guy. What's happening here? Maybe. But he was best friends with him. And, Mom, what did you do? <laughs> mm. yeah. or, or great-grandma, what did you do? This is totally like a deathbed uh, confession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the kid's like, oh, parachutes. Now, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've, we've all been there before <laughs> in parachute room. The, the, the kid has this weird obsession with skydiving. He gets off on <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> But yeah, I just, I think it's just the cliche of like the ending of a movie. You name the kid after the, the whatever. Oh, yeah. It's so cliche. Oh, and then, then it ends with a Celine Dion song. Which was awful. <laughs> Again, Titanic. <laughs> Just like, come on. Uh, Can you be more on the nose with your Titanic thing? Anyway, <laughs> uh, and that is basically Pearl Harbor. That's There's nothing really left there to mention because uh, it ends there. Um, it ends sooner than I thought it would. For some reason, I thought this would have more of an epilogue, but not really. It doesn't It doesn't do the Lord of the Rings style 17,000 endings. No. Mm. Which is not an exaggeration. But yeah, that is Pearl Harbor. I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely giving this an oldie, but like in terms of a star oh. rating, I'm not really sure because it's watchable and it's got some really good moments, but I also don't like that this exists. I don't like that this <laughs> is the Pearl Harbor movie right. and it's called Pearl Harbor. So we can't get another Pearl Harbor movie called Pearl Harbor. That is true. Uh, for many years. But there is a movie called Torah, Torah, Torah. Torah, Torah, Torah. Yes, yeah, good. Yeah. Which is actually recommended on Disney+. Plus. To watch after you watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on Disney Plus as well. So I think I'm going to watch that one. I think mm. Just so I get a comparison of them. Because mm. a lot of people, um, especially in the reviews, say, just go watch Tora, Tora, Tora. <laughs> it's a much better film yeah. depicting the whole thing. Yeah. People also say Midway is pretty good. Not exactly focused on Pearl Harbor. 
I look, I don't even like Independence Day, so I'm not going to give Roland Emmerich any more of my time. Ooh. Whoa, you don't like Independence Day, at least the first one. Let's not talk about the second one. <laughs> I, it, look, it's no, I don't like it. That's the most USA, USA, USA of USA, USA, USA. It's very USA. It's the most USA to ever USA. <laughs> Independence Day is fantastic. How dare you, sir? Pearl Harbor is basically, it's that era of action movies where everything was like, yeah. just, just, just trying to be an Independence Day. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, it was, it was, it was trying to be a Titanic Independence Day, actually. Yeah. That's exactly what it was trying to be. Trying to be both at the same time and failed. That's bad. And also Twilight as well. At least, at least Danny didn't come back as a werewolf and <laughs> fall in love with the child of the well, main two. Well, he did two. come back and he did survive a plane crash. Maybe that's because of his, his his powers. Maybe. His latent powers. <laughs> latent powers. And there wasn't the scene where, like, the massive battle happens and then we realise it was just in the main character's head that we're having a mental battle. Mm, okay. It wasn't actually a battle. Mm. Oh, you know what it should have ended? It should have ended with a zoom out of an old man telling a story. And that's why your mother was actually knocked up by my friend. (laughs) Sorry to let you know this way. And if you're wondering why I'm talking like this, I moved to England. Yes, I'm English now. (laughs) I went there to to get away from all the immigration because I'm racist as well. (laughs) You fit right in in England. Yeah, Granddad. Thanks, Granddad. All right, time for you. To, time for you to go to bed, Granddad. Take your pills, Granddad. But yeah, like my biggest issue with this movie is that this is the movie. <laughs> you know, it's like a cash grab. You know, they want to make Titanic again. It's what a are we going to do? Michael Bay film. It sucks that it's the, a Michael Bay film is the movie for Pearl Harbor. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So that's my biggest issue with it. I think in ter- in terms of a star rating, it's probably like a two point five. You know, it's not oh. too bad, but uh, mm. I'm definitely giving this an oldie one hundred percent because. I just can't give it a goodie, I think is why I'm giving it an oldie. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because I do somewhat still enjoy it. Like I said, when I first watched it, I was pretty much ignorant to a lot of a lot of the problems in it. And mm. I liked the action. And the action is still good. But I've brought up a lot of problems and the, I can't call it a goodie, even though I still enjoy it, despite those problems. So it's... Definitely an oldie, but I think I might give it three point five in terms of a star rating. You can you can still enjoy a movie, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. rated an oldie. There's not nothing wrong with that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like that, that. That's not to say that you like the like historically inaccurate movies based off real events are all bad because Titanic is historically inaccurate. Did you know that? Mm. But yeah, like I think it's more that. It's so money grubbing, you know. It's like a studio was like, "Oh man, move about Pearl Harbor. It's going to be Titanic." All that stuff as well. I, I just, I don't like because there's no creative vision behind this movie, really. Yeah, (laughs) everyone was given a job and they just did it. But anyway, Zach, what are you going to rate it? Oh, as a great, glorious USA citizen, I'm ready. Goody! Woo! USA! USA! I don't have a USA passport. <laughs> so uh, so I, I have to rate this an oldie um, as, as a non-citizen of USA. If I... Look, as, if, if they give me a passport, instant goody. Wow. Instant, yeah, yeah. Look, as soon as I become a, uh, an American, bam. Goody film. How about that? America. 
the air. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Flying in to drop some bombs on an oil factory. <laughs> oil factory America. We knew it was coming. <laughs> Just putting it out there. So we're not dumb. Oh, it's Team America's a great movie. So what I took away from this was America's the best. Yep. Uh, also the world. Yep. And I'm skipping an hour and ten minutes next time I watch this film. It's exhausting. <laughs> it is. Three yeah. hours. I, actually, I might cut the first hour and ten minutes, and I might watch that one separately at one point. And then the next action scene, I might watch that one separately at one point. And then the ending, I'll never watch again. <laughs> and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. All right, three oldies there for, for Pearl Harbor. Honestly, though, I was expecting this to be one of the worst films of the year. It's not close. Like, it's not even close to some of the worst stuff we've done this year, though. Yeah. Like, that's actually impressive. Again, Driven, Crocodile Dundee 3. Yeah. It's just even that incest movie. Like, just bad. Oh, yeah, especially that one. This feels like it's close to an incest movie. <laughs> mm, I guess. <laughs> it's a self filating movie, that's for sure. 
Hey, have you seen that one? <laughs> it's been a while. I need to try and remember the story. Yeah, Cross of the Princess Bride with Pearl yeah, that, That's what I meant. I know the story <sighs> of the Princess Bride, but it's like, mm. yeah, let's get the Princess Bride and then join it with Pearl Harbor. Hey, <laughs> all right. Uh... Hey, well, well, in Princess Bride, the main female thinks that her love interest dies. Mm. Um, but then he comes back. He comes back. And then he goes and fights the enemy. <laughs> that does happen. So maybe this ragtag group of individuals go and fight a different enemy. What? In this weird crossover. Okay. How uh, about... How about... No, your idea is probably better. Because I was going to be like, when Ben Affleck is, like, his plane crashes, he's knocked out and he has a dream about him in Fantasyland. But that's nah, dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah, that could work. Yeah, that it was all a... That, that the Princess Bride was all a dream mm. inside of uh, Rafe's uh, head. Yeah, so he's... He crashes, he's knocked out, and then he dreams it all from Wesker's point of view wesley a wesley that's it (laughs) (laughs) so he dreams the whole story from wesley's point of view yeah 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 so it's just a remake of princess bride but directed by michael bay (laughs) (laughs) oh yes now we're talking now we're talking oh look it's a it's the the fire swamp but the fire rats and then one of the fire rats just explodes violently yeah well yeah yeah. Mm. that sort of is something that ties into what i've been thinking about and i feel like i'm a bit lucky because i've had a little bit of time to think about it sort of inspired by uh, Moon Knight, without being too spoilerific, Rafe. It's sort of it's the best of both worlds. Rafe learns to cope with what happened and his PTSD from it. Yeah, by mm. associating events in the war with like a fictionalized version of it, which is similar to what happens in Princess Bride. In that, oh. like, instead of it being a, a Pearl Harbor filled with bodies, it's the fire swamp. So mm. it's nasty, but it's not exactly the same thing. So it's a coping mechanism to defend himself. From mm. the horrors of his PTSD, so right. So we I know see that sounds like Ben Affleck in old man makeup. He's the guy telling the kid the story, and the yeah. story mm. is Pearl Harbor. But in the yeah, mm. ah. and it's it's more of a coping mechanism for him. So it's a study on mental health as well. Ah, oh, and that makes sense why they have this whole preamble at the start where the lover thinks he died. Yeah, and everything because it's just the the whole allegory for him coming back. You know. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. But he comes back stronger, you know? Yeah. So so instead of, like in Moon Knight, there are alters created because of traumatic experiences. It's disassociative identity disorder. Instead of a different identity, he just changes the scenarios in his head to sort of reduce the emotional impact. And it's called The Princess's Harbour. <laughs> The princess pearl. The princess pearl's better. Yeah. Yeah. The pearl princess? I don't know. And we all get cancelled on Twitter. Oh, no. Just like Fred Savage. Uh, mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. It's time for the worst part of the show. It's time for raving reviews. Raving. Rave. Thank you. Uh, it's the part of the show where I go to the best place to get uh, reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, but I ignore the critic reviews. I went to the audience because it, it it goes by the, the crowd logic idea that, you know, yeah. 
uh, one person could be quite dumb, but a crowd has a sort of average intelligence. Therefore, you can sort of devise uh, a correct answer for this film. Exactly. Um, like one person saying uh, America um, USA, didn't USA. help really win the war. You know, they came in quite late. Uh, that person's dumb. Yeah. But a whole country being like, we're the reason all the allies won. That is correct. Yeah, exactly. And, and when Sardra says one person, he means the whole rest of the world. I mean, every other country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, America. <laughs> so, uh, Reese, you've been on the show before. You I know have. how this works. We get uh, a review. I tell you the review. You have to get between 0.5, so there's 0.5, to 5, what they rated uh, this movie. Although, there's a bit of a twist this time. Because I've grabbed five of the finest reviews that I could find. But there's a sixth review somewhere in here that I have written. (laughs) This will be a fun one. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Because I'm immediately starting us off with a new section called My Wife and Me. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, with the next oh, three no. reviews, I know what this is involve, already. Oh. <laughs> involve uh, uh, somehow uh, someone's wife. So, Indigo says, "Great movie to watch with your wife." <laughs> we both loved it. Win win. I mean, I guess because it's like a romantic drama, and women love that more than action. Am I right? Um, y- cool. Y- you know All how right. you know how Zach's been saying that he'd start watching from an hour and ten minutes. I feel like. Him and his wife might have stopped watching at an hour and ten minutes, just after the parachute scene. It might have been inspired. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, Sandro, what did you think they rated it? Are we, are we doing closest wins or hit the nail on the head? Yeah, we'll do closest wins. Absolutely. Uh, four stars. I'll go four stars. I'm going to go three. You're going to go three. Ah, it's four out of five. Hey. It's four oh. out of five. So Sandro was on the ball there. I'd like to thank the parachutes. Um, you really helped me out on that one. <laughs> um, Liam certainly appreciated the parachutes. It says, brilliant film. Mine and my wife's favorite film, even before we met. Hello, it's our first date. What movie do you like? I like Pearl Harbor. I do too. That's not a red flag. <laughs> They could be American. <laughs> well, well, they both found each other, Sandro. After many dates where they it, the conversation ended there, they finally found someone who would also watch Pearl Harbor with them. <laughs> Reese, what do you think these two lovebirds rated this? 4.5. Um, I'm going to go with four again. Mm, well, we just discussed the closest wins, and it's five out of five. Oh, hey. So that's a point to Reese. Brilliant was a strong word to use, so that was my clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is It is a strong word. But I wanted to be slightly conservative about it. The only time I ever want to be slightly conservative. <laughs> Just like this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the movie's slightly conservative, but Michael Bay is very conservative. <laughs> <laughs> the studio toned him down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one of uh, uh, the wife and me section is by Stephen, who says, This movie was so great, I decided to take a leaf out of its book, so to speak, and let my best friend bang my wife. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Best romance film disguised as a war movie. <laughs> Don't king shame Stephen. Yeah. Good on him. I like that review a lot. That's good. I'm going to say, look, Stephen said 10 out of 10, so it's probably 5 out of 5. Yeah. Mm. We agree on that one. Are you guessing five out of five? Yes, we both are. You both are? 
Yep. All right. All right. Well, you both get a point because it's 2.5. Oh, part of me was like, this could be a meme review, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you should have guessed that. Ah, You still both get a point because you're both the closest because you both guessed the same thing. Man, I really hope this segment comes back because I enjoyed my wife's (laughs) segment. (laughs) I enjoyed the last one, especially. (laughs) Uh, The next review is by So and X. 27NI. Yep, sure. Who says it's easy to tell that this movie tries to be a Titanic like movie. <laughs> it fails with that. However, one thing I liked about it was the CGI. Hmm. Man, I can't wait for Michael Bay's long awaited sequel to this that he's been working on for 20 years because I hear, I hear it's going to have really good water. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, 2.5 for me, I'll say. I will just go. I'll just go with a two. I think. Ah, it's three out of five. So that's Whoa. a point to Reese. Well done. Well done. Hey, point for Reese. I don't want to jinx it or anything, but it could be my third time lucky playing this. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you just have to wait. There's two more guesses, and you have to guess which one was mine. That's true. Michael, who might be a bit bitter, says, "Wish they decided to make." one movie they made several and stitched them together into an incoherent mess that's not really jumping out as me as your review so Mm. i feel like your one might be the last one Mm. Uh, i'm gonna say that one is a solid through oh wait no no it's negative uh two two okay (laughs) i was gonna say three one star for each movie but you know Mm. (laughs) oh good thinking uh i'll do 1.5 Ah, well, it was actually 2.5, so Sandra gets the point on that one. We're tied up. That's way too high a star rating for the words used. Well, welcome to to, to Raving Reviews, (laughs) where where the reviews are senseless and the points don't matter. (laughs) We have our final review by uh, Manny, who says, Let's remake Torah, Torah, Torah. But play it out like some awful Aussie soap opera. The script is vomit-inducing, a colossal waste of money. But more importantly, my time. Same as last time, 1.5. I was just going to say, and just like Australian soap operas, the British have more use for it. Just like the British needed America. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say wow. that is a... Incredible. Uh I'll go 2.5 as well. 2.5. Ah, that's 0.5. Oh, and I was closest. So there you go. Reese, another point for you. And Reese is on four points. I'm on three. Now we've got to guess which one Zach is for an extra point or two points. Uh, no, an extra point. All right, so I can force a tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a tie. <laughs> that's the best you can get here, Sandro. I feel like it's the last one. I feel like, because it's what we've all been saying for the past two hours, uh, it's the second last one. Well, I, I guess my midnight hour slash 1 a.m. self was more discreet than I thought. Because it was neither of those ones. Ooh. It was, in fact, Stephen who, who got his wife to be cut. <laughs> oh, that was... Y- oh. <laughs> That's a good joke. Quality stuff, mate. I was hoping that would be a real person. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. You were you were hoping that Stephen's wife did get banged by his friend. But alas, <laughs> unfortunately, twas me. Uh, um, well, there we go. Like, that's a quality joke. You you get points for that. <laughs> you yeah, <laughs> you, you do get points. Oh wow, you've won raving reviews. <laughs> yeah, me? 
Wow. Uh, no, with three points, uh, I'm last. With four points, Reese comes in first. Uh, third time lucky there, which means yeah. you get to plug your stuff. I think this is going out after your play wraps up, but is there going to be some sort of filmed version or any content? Uh, probably not a filmed version, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'll just quickly mention it because it's great to be getting back into the acting world. Mm. But yeah, I'm currently uh, in the the eve of rehearsal week, like tech week, for a version of Dracula, in which uh, I'm looking forward to getting back on stage. Oh, and you're on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, we've got a podcast. We haven't done anything since the New Year special, but check that New Year special out because it was a damn good one. Yeah. It's a damn good one, and there's a lot of damn good stuff to talk about, so I think we should get back to it. I'm just saying you're lucky uh, you won the Rotten Review section, otherwise you don't get to plug. You no, know? it's true. That's, uh, that's that how it right. works. That's how yeah. it works. And unfortunately, we once again can't plug our own show because Sandra had lost. <laughs> God oh, damn no. it, Sandra, every oh, time. But you won, so I can plug it. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I did win as well. Yeah. To be honest, though, the, the show I've done most frequently recently would be this show, so I've got to plug the show that I've appeared <laughs> on most recently, go. which is Oldie But A Goodie. So there we go. Please check out uh, other episodes of this show. Uh, there are plenty of guests. Uh, please follow their Patreon and you know sign up. Oh yeah I, yeah, I do remember your episode on RoboCop where there was a joke about I'd buy that for a dollar, and I always associate that with your Patreon, even though it's more than a dollar. But buy this show for a dollar. <laughs> you can, yeah. Well, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash Oldie But A Goodie Pod. We got two tiers up there. Uh, well, three, but don't do, do the last one because uh, it's too expensive. Yeah, we can't take that much money from you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's the one dollar tier for general support and the ad free feed of the show. Uh, and then also $5, upwards of $5 gets you uh, two bonus episodes a month. Up right now is a review of Memento, uh, one of the first alternate options from 2001 that we're doing. Uh, it's Christopher Nolan's Memento. Talking about, because uh, I mentioned Dunkirk earlier, you know, Christopher Nolan, he's he's gotten so full of himself recently. Memento, mm. great film, going back to his roots where he really began, and I think uh, it's a great movie. So we review that. It's up on Patreon right now. We're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We really appreciate reviews as well on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. You can review us on Apple Podcasts just like Type A did. Type A reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. Dropped a five-star review that really helps out. Thank you so much. They say, come for Police Academy, stay for Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) An excellent choice. This podcast will take you back in time and reshape your memories. Nostalgia overload. Zach and Sandro are the Zed and Sweet Chuck of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. I own that. Uh, Five stars across the board. But who is the Zed and who is the Sweet Chuck? That is the real question. That's the good. I don't know. Well, who's the old man? (laughs) Mm, I'll take that. I could be the old man. Oh, no. That means I'm Zed. (laughs) Oh, God, no. All right, swiftly moving on. Thank you very much for leaving a review. Thank you so much, uh, Type A, for that five-star review. You can do it in-app. Greatly helps out the show. Uh, Zach, it's time for you to pick next week's movie. All right, let's quickly movie along from this one. <laughs> you got three options. Your first option is called The Animal. Ooh. Rob Schneider is a police officer who gets fatally injured. When he wakes up, he discovers that a mad scientist has patched him up with animal parts. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. You've got wedding nights. A couple <laughs> get married in Niagara Falls, but then everything goes hilariously wrong. Uh oh. Does it all falls apart? <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, moving on. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Danny DeVito steals Martin Lawrence's ring. Lawrence does everything he can to get that ring back. I do love me some DeVito. You do love DeVito. So, yeah, three comedies. Three comedies right there. Ah, interesting. These are my choices. Hmm. Immediately, I'm dismissing Falls. Yep. Because it doesn't in- entice me. And my choices are between Danny DeVito... Yeah. And, and Animal. Animal Man. Look, we've done Danny DeVito, that's the thing. And I love Danny DeVito, he's one of my favourites. But the plot doesn't sound too enticing, whereas the other one, <laughs> where oh, no. you have an animal grafts uh, onto... It sounds very enticing. So if, if we could perhaps do that one... Alright, next week... Uh, the animal, uh, which means we're going to wrap it up with the best quote from Pearl Harbor. Reese, what you got? It's less of a line, more of an exchange, but you're so beautiful it hurts. I think it's your nose that hurts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was yeah pretty that's good. a good line. All down to the way Kate Beckinsale delivered it. It was really nice. <laughs> uh, my favourite one has got to be USA! 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 No, there's so many to choose from. I wrote down a lot. Um... Ladies cloud the mind. Man, I'm one good looking son of a bitch. Uh, land of the free, home of the brave. <laughs> Which one do I want to choose? Uh, we'll go with uh, God help Erdogan who goes to war with America. <laughs> <laughs> Which was actually said in a British accent, but I said it in an American one because you have to say, you have to say, And my favorite quote from the movie uh, to quote uh, Trey Parker. Uh, I miss you more than Michael Bay missed the mark when he made Pearl Harbor. I miss you more than that movie missed the point. And that's an awful lot, girl. And now that you've gone away, all I'm trying to say is Pearl Harbor sucked. And I miss you. Beautiful. <laughs> I need you more than Ben Affleck needs acting school. He was terrible in that film. I need you like Cooper Gooding needed a bigger yes. part. He's way better than Ben Affleck. <laughs> I disagree with a bit about Ben Affleck being bad. I thought he was actually pretty good in this. USA! 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 And fade out. <laughs>